0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Rock Community Church. Love this place. It's a pretty special day, to be honest with you. A couple things. We have a guest speaker all the way from Oregon. Some of you might know him. The second thing is, is it's a pretty big sporting event today. Um, the final round of the Waste Management Open is taking place in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I know I'm, I'll be watching that along with the Super Bowl. Anyway, just being silly. Um, I am really uh, excited this morning to introduce Pastor John. What an exciting moment for me, for our church, and for Pastor John, I'm sure. Thank you all for being here. Pastor John certainly needs no introduction for most of you, but if you're newer to The Rock, Pastor John retired in August of last year, just about six months ago. Now lives in Oregon with his incredible wife, Kay. He is the founding pastor of this church back in 2003. At an age when most people retire, he's starting new churches. He's crazy that way. Pastor John is my predecessor my colleague, my beloved friend, and my brother in Christ. Pastor John, thank you for being such a blessing to this church, and welcome home. Please welcome Pastor John. Thank you so much. Hey,
1: how are you, Pete? Hey, Debbie, how are you? Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. I, I wonder how many of you... Uh, thank you. No. I wonder how many of you are uh, new since I left um, here to the church. Would you mind raising your hand if you come here uh, kind of new since I've been here? Mm -hmm. I want to say that you've made a great choice. I want to say that you've entrusted your hearts and your souls to a man that loves to teach the Word of God and who is a man that will not... uh, not shirk on that responsibility. I love this guy with all my heart. I am thankful for Mark. And I pray for this church and I pray for him every day as I hope that you guys do as well. So all of you that are here, whether you're new or whether you've been here for a while, cherish this guy, he and his wife. They will need your prayers and they will need your encouragement. So I want to tell him, I love you. I can't tell you how much I am excited about being here. There's not been hardly a day, and I can say maybe not a day, that has gone by that I hadn't thought about you, hadn't thought about Mark, hadn't prayed for this church, asking God to bless us, making it all that, that God has wanted us to be. And from what I've heard from the grapevine, from people writing me and telling me it's really been absolutely fantastic that Pastor Mark has done a just an amazing, an amazing job. And it's not easy coming in and, and, and replacing anybody, whether it <clears throat> doesn't matter. It, it just is always different. And so for those of you that uh, have encouraged him and, and encouraged me by telling me how great it's going here and how well things are going, I, uh, I thank God for that. My wife and I moved to Sisters, Oregon. Sisters, Oregon is... Uh, a, a community of about 2,300 people. We're 18 miles outside of Bend. People normally heard of Bend. It's called High Desert. We get cold weather. We get snow, but we get sun almost every day. There's 320 days a year. They tell us that the sun will shine. Um, in the in the town of Sisters, 2,300 people. There's not one stoplight. Not one stoplight in town. Now. We live two miles outside of town, <laughs> so you can tell we're really in the country. In our neighborhood, there's no streetlights. There's uh, no lights outside because they want what they call light pollution. They want uh, no lights so that you can see the stars and the moon and everything so clear at night. And Boy, can you. It's crystal clear. When you drive out of our driveway, you go down to a road that we have to turn right to go to uh, kind of the main drag to go into town, sitting in front of us are uh, the Three Sister Mountains. Uh, that's how it, we got the name of the town sisters, and they're, they're covered now with snow. It's just, they're, they're as white as could be and beautiful as could be, and when the sun hits them, when I would go to a Bible study or something in the morning, I could see these mountains and just see, in my mind, the majesty of God. It is amazing. The first two months I was there, I, um, I wanted to strangle Kay's neck for taking me from here. I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I really missed it. Uh, retirement, I wrote everybody, retirement's not what it's cracked up to be. I hated retirement. I hated everything about it. I wanted to be busy, and I had nothing to do. I, I, had, uh, I say now I have nothing to do and all day to do it. You know, I, don't, uh, I'm, I wasn't fond of it. I've grown to be kind of fond of it, to be honest with you. Um, I absolutely love where we live. My wife is um, the happiest I think I've ever seen her. She is uh, very content to be near her sister, and to be, thats her sister lives in Bend, and uh, to be in the home that we're in. And we thank God for it. But there's not a day goes by I don't think of you. Not a day. And I i wanted to put a verse up on the screen for us before we got started, that, that Samuel says in First Samuel chapter 12, verse 23 and 24, I, I asked him to print it out. Uh, Having you no need to turn in your Bible unless you want to. Of course, that you should do if you want to mark it. But listen to what Samuel says. Moreover, for me, far be it from me that I should, watch this now, sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. It's been my mantra for you guys ever since we left. I I do not want to sin against my God by ceasing to pray for you and Pastor Mark. He goes on to say that I will instruct you in the good and right way. Only fear the Lord, serve Him in truth with all of your hearts, and consider what great things He has done for you. As we go into the message, I want you to hold that close because um, a few years ago, I cannot remember now how long... um, one of the people that works here in our in our office was Janetta Janetta Douglas. Janetta Douglas, uh, if you've never known her, never gotten to meet her, she's one of the most godly women uh, women I've ever known. She's a the dearest of souls, and um, I was telling her uh, we were just talking about how I don't know what we were talking about in general, but basically how when I study, I love to listen to music and uh, in, in my through my computer. That's real low in the background. That just kind of is permeates my soul. I love listening to Christian music. And she said, "Have you ever listened to Hezekiah Walker?" I said, "No, I never heard of him." She said, "I would encourage you to look him up, listen to some of the music he does. He is, in my opinion, um, a worship genius. Um, it's gospel, black gospel music, and it's 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 music that touches my soul." Well, I. I I started listening to his music and I came upon a song called I Need You to Survive. I Need You to Survive. I found that to be the very essence of who I am now that I'm not here anymore and in some far off place called Oregon, Sisters Oregon for that matter. And I'm going to do something I've never done in a message before and I'm going to incorporate this song into the message Later in this in the service and maybe you'll see why first two services it went really well. I was scared to death honestly scared to death because I've never done it before. I didn't know how it would uh, how you'd react. Um, So uh, Mark told me uh, well we made it through two of the three. We'll see how the third one goes (laughs) because I told him how nervous I was about doing this. We're going to talk about your walk with Christ this morning before we begin. Let's open with prayer. Father, you tell us, uh, far be it from us that we cease to to pray for one another. That has been something that I've cherished since I've been in Oregon. Praying for our church, praying for the people of this church, and asking, Father, your blessings upon it. And, Father, uh, thank you. Thank you that you've been, as all of us know, you'd be so faithful. Uh, Thank you so much, dear Father, that we... uh, We can trust in you for everything, just everything. And Lord, I I do pray your blessings upon Pastor Mark and Terry, his wife, as you watch over them, all the staff, those who have a part in ministry here at this church and those that are are going to have a part in, in good time as they trust in you to serve you here at this church. I pray you'll bless us all. Father, now I pray that as, as, as is said in the Psalms, the 119th chapter, the 18th verse, would you open up our eyes so that we might behold wonderful things that come from your law. Hide me, Father, please, behind the very wonders of your word. Allow me not to be seen, but to see what you have to say to us. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now I want you to turn with me, if you would, to, to Ephesians. We're going to look at chapter 2, 4, and 5, but not a lot in each one of them, but enough that you'll get an understanding of what Paul is trying to teach us in the book of Ephesians. He is going to teach you and me the practical side of our faith, why we ought to not cease praying for one another. In Ephesians, Paul teaches us in chapter 2 and verse 1, he teaches us clearly... That without Jesus Christ, we are all dead in our trespasses and in our sin. But he goes on to say, because of the Lord's great love for you and me. We also see that the Lord God takes care of this problem of death. Look at the same chapter, chapter 2 of Ephesians. Look with me and read from verse 4 to verse 10. Verse 4. God... Himself. God Himself, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He has loved you and me, made us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, even when we were dead in our sin, He made us alive together with Christ. He says, by grace, God's unmerited favor, by grace, you and I have been saved And look at verse 6. Amazing verse. He raised us up. God Almighty raised us up with His Son and seated us with His Son in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why would He do that? Have you ever given that thought? Why would God Almighty raise you and me up, seat us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Paul answers that question in verse 7. So that, so that in the ages to come, in other words, in eternity coming before us, in the ages to come, He, God, might show the surpassing riches of His grace, His unmerited favor, in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Have you ever given that a thought? Take that home with you today. Think about it. That you and I will be God's showcase throughout eternity. As He is going to display you and me in the ages to come. His grace, His salvation, His kindness through our eternal existence. We're His showcase. I am overwhelmed by that thought. Verses 8, 9, and 10 are some of the most famous verses in all of Scripture. It says for, verse 8, For by grace you and I have been saved through faith. Not, not of ourselves. In other words, we can't do it. He does it. It is the gift of God. God Almighty has gifted you with eternal life. And not as a result of works. In other words, you can't do anything to earn your way to heaven. You can't do anything to make him think you're well worthy to go to heaven. It's not because of our work so that none of us would boast. No, we have been created. We are His workmanship, God's workmanship. And we've been created in His Son, Jesus Christ, for good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that we, and this is the theme of what we want to talk about in Ephesians, so that we would walk in them, walk in them. How is your walk with God? And so chapter 2 verses 4 through 10 confirms who you and I are in Christ. Now in chapter 5, Paul is going to teach us how to walk. How to walk in this privilege that we have in Christ Jesus. We are told in chapter 4, look at chapter 4, just page behind, verse 1. We are told by Paul that we are to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling with which you and I have been called. Well, here in chapter 5, Paul is going to teach us how to walk worthily with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that is verse 2, verse 8, and verse 15. We are to walk in His love, we are to walk in His light, and we are to walk in His wisdom. Each of them are connected to one another. He begins, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Take a look. He begins by telling us to become, what? Imitators of God as His beloved children. And, verse 2, to walk in love. There it is. Walk in love. How? Well, just as Christ also loved you and me and gave Himself up for us as an offering. He gave Himself as a sacrifice to God, as a fragrant aroma. I want you to hold on to those words, fragrant aroma. We're going to look at it in a moment. He is our sacrifice, He is our offering, and He is our fragrant aroma. Hold on to that thought. Jesus talks about love this way. Very pure, very simple. He told the disciples, which was passed on to you and me, in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. He says, a new commandment I've given you. You're to love one another. Even as I, Jesus says, have loved you, so you are to love one another. He says in the next verse, by this, by this love that you and I have for each other, all people will know that you are my disciples. Love is an important issue in your life, in my life. But what does it mean to understand love? How do how do we understand God's love? I mean it's it's one thing to love somebody, it's another thing to understand what God says about how we are to love one another within the family of God. That's why I'm gonna say I'm gonna have played for you in a while this song that says, I need you to survive. I do. And you need me to survive. We need one another. Now, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, I want to just refer you to something that's c- it's critical, it's important. It's the word, therefore, starts the whole issue of chapter 5. When you're studying the Bible, when you're reading through the Bible, don't read through the Bible so fast and so quickly that you don't pay attention to what you're reading. Um, I've always told people, if you just read a one or two verses, sometimes that's enough. But understand what you're reading, what is it saying to you? Therefore, time you come to the word therefore, you've got to realize, what is it for? What, what, what does that mean? Because when it says therefore, it says something has happened here. Therefore, you're to do this. So in chapter 5, verse 1, it opens with therefore and refers us back to the last verse in chapter 4, verse 32. Therefore, we're to be kind to one another. We're to be tender-hearted with one another. We're to forgive one another. How? Again, like everything else in Scripture, we're to do this just as God in Christ has forgiven you and me. And So when in doubt, our example is always our Savior. So verses 1 and 2 tells us, Therefore, we're to become imitators of God. Therefore, we're His beloved children. And verse 2 tells us, that He, God Almighty, Jesus Christ, gave his life for us as an offering, a sacrifice. Paul calls it in verse two a fragrant aroma. Fragrant aroma. Remember I said, hang on to this thought, fragrant aroma. We are told in verse two to imitate God's love, to walk in his love. What does that mean? Well, in first John chapter four, verses sixteen to nineteen, we learn that God is love. Okay, good. God is love. And verse 19 says that you and I love because He first loved us. So we need to understand all we know about love is founded in our knowledge of God, which brings us to verse 8 and verse 15. His light and His wisdom. As imitators of God, Paul has already said in verse 1, we're to imitate God. We're to imitate His character. And the very essence of His character is to love people. So He loves you and me. And how do you and I imitate this love because His love is so perfect? How do we do this? Well, the only way, the only chance that you and I have to imitate the love of God is for Jesus Christ to live His life through us. And that comes through His light and His wisdom. To understand the depth of this love. It will only come through a systematic study of the Word of God. It's the only way you'll get it. It's not from living a long and, and, and lustrous life as a Christian. It comes through a systematic study of the Word of God. And that is the reason I say that Mark, Pastor Mark, is invaluable into your life and my life and the life of this church why we need to pray for Him. A systematic study of the Word of God will bring forth the light of God and the wisdom of God. You see, there's really no other way. David understood this principle. In Psalms 119, verse 9, 10, and 11. Listen listen to David, and you'll see he grasped the idea of understanding God and how he could understand the very love of God. David said this in verse 9 of Psalms 119. How can a person keep their way pure? He answers. He says, By keeping it according to God's word. This is to be everything to you and me. This is the essence of our lives. What is written within these pages is, is gives us the understanding of God's light and His wisdom. And so David says, How can I keep my way pure? Well, keeping it according to your word. Then David says in verse 10, the next verse, With all my heart, David wrote, I have sought after you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. In other words, your word. And in verse 11, he gets to the very issue of your life and my life. He says, your word, almighty God, your word I have treasured in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Those three verses are so powerful, people. David understood the whole idea of a systematic study of the Word of God. He treasured it. He sought after it with all of his heart so that he might not sin against God. You see, the love that our Lord asks you and me to imitate is is called agape. It's It's a love that is unconditional. It's a love that's sacrificial. It's a love that goes beyond the very boundaries. It, it's a demonstration that, that of love that is not a, a nice feeling kind of love, but rather a giving of oneself on the other's behalf. Let me share with you a, a moment in Kay and Maya's life when we were going to leave here six months ago. Or so we put our home up for sale once we found that we felt we, we, saw, we knew that Pastor Mark was the right person. So we put our home up for sale. Kay had worked kind of night and day tirelessly to to make it as best we could so that we could sell it for the best amount of money that the Lord God would give us. We were at our home with the the real real estate people that helped us and our home was not even on the market yet and we had three people call him that very day when we were going to put it on the next week saying could they come and see this house they hear it's for sale out of those three people that came that day two of them made an offer before we even opened it up got at work they uh our, our agent went to their agent and said well we've got a problem for you and a good thing for us we've got a bidding war if you want this place you're going to have to up the ante a little and the one family came in with cash they must have, they must have some money and they came in with hard cash and they uh, offered to uh, to purchase our house for more than what we asked for. And they offered to let us stay in our house until we had to leave. In other words, we didn't have to pack, move to somewhere else, repack, and then pack again and move. It was such a blessing. Well, when we got down to the last days of when we had to leave, we had to pack up a, a pretty good-sized U-Haul truck uh, take our furniture up to to Oregon. Kay was uh, suffering really from headaches, and uh, she just worked her ha- head off. She worked so hard. And we uh, heard our doorbell ring, and we opened up the door, and they're standing in front of us with his, with his, uh, what do they call those, Carp- well, not carpenter, those work belts. That, see, I don't even know what it is, because I don't, <laughs> these hands have not done a day's work. He had his work belt on. It was Mickey, Mickey McDermott. Without him, we would not have made it. We would not have made it. He did everything that was needed to help us through that process. And when we did leave, when we drove away from the house, he had the keys of our house. He cleaned it up. He made sure everything was fine for the people who bought the house and were going to move in so that we didn't have to worry about it. I will forever be indebted to, to Mickey, his dear wife, Sherry. And Rob Selleck, too. Rob helped in a different way, but it was a major way. We are told in First in John chapter 3, we know love by this, John writes, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and therefore we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I pray for one another. We need each other to survive, po- folks. God's pure love does not depend upon the one who receives it It's all about the person who gives the love. And that's Mickey throughout his whole being. Paul's word in verse 2, a fragrant aroma, I told you I'd get back to it. It means that the sacrifice was acceptable to God. Well pleasing as Paul explains in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18. Paul writes, I have received everything in full. Paul wrote, "I have an abundance," he says. In other words, more than I expected. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent. Here it is: a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, one that is well pleasing to God. You see, a fragrant aroma is one that fills the air. And it spreads its fragrance upon everyone in every place. You can't stop the aroma. You see, you and I need each other to survive. In this life as a believer in Jesus Christ, we need one another. Listen to what Paul says about this fragrant aroma in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14, 15, 16, and 17. Listen closely. Paul says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us a fragrant aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. He says, we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved as well as those who are perishing. Watch. The aroma of God does... To the one, it says in verse 16, it is an aroma from death to death. And to the other, it is an aroma from life to life. Thanksgiving. I hope this is not heard up north. But I'm going to tell you anyways. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I have a great love for Kay's sister and my brother-in-law. But my brother-in-law is self-proclaimed an atheist, doesn't doesn't even, kind of, if there is a God, he hates him. And uh, every time we eat together, uh, I've kind of tried to back off, but uh, Kathy, K sister, say, John, will you pray for our meal? And I, I, I look at the room, and look where it is, and I say, sure, I'd be happy to, and I And so when she did Thanksgiving, said to me, John, would you pray for the meal? I said, you know, we're in your home. I said, "Uh, David, would you pray for us? That was a huge step, folks. I could have gotten food thrown in my face. Um, I could have gotten, you know, a couple of real choice words. And he said, thank you. I will a fragrance that permeates everything and every place from life to life and from death to death and if God had my wife and I go up to Oregon just to lead our sister and brother to Christ it would be enough we're to become, as Second Corinthians chapter 2 tells us, a fragrance of Christ in this world in which we live. A sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place and everywhere. Which gets us to this song. Since I've been gone, I bet I listen to this song almost every day, if, if, if not a, four or five times a week. And I have a headset so I can play that thing as loud as I want to. And I do. I absolutely love this song because it reminds me of Pastor Mark. It reminds me of you. It reminds me of Mick and Sherry. It reminds me of Jeff. It reminds me of people in this church who have so loved me. And the title is, I Need You to Survive. Glenn, can you start it, please? This life we live right now, if you look at the world in which we live, we're really going to need one another. It's, 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 it's almost spinning out of control in my opinion, but who knows, God can change it in a minute. But we represent Jesus Christ, those of us who have the privilege of knowing Him as our Lord and Savior. We represent Him everywhere to everyone. We are a fragrant aroma to God. We need to know how to walk in love. We need to know how to walk in light. And we need to know how to walk in His wisdom, not our own. Like the song says, you pray for me, I'll pray for you. I love you. I need you to survive, folks. We are to be an aroma of God's love, His light, and His wisdom. I leave you with that. And I thank you for... Who you are in my life. I'm a privileged man to have been a part of this body of believers. I'm a more privileged man to have someone with the magnitude, the fortitude, just the wisdom and all to carry on what God has started here. And that's Pastor Mark. Father, thank you for this day. It is a day in which you have made, and we are going to rejoice in it. Help us, Father, to be the people that you've called us to be in the lives of those we come in contact with. Let us be a fragrant aroma of the very love and very light and very wisdom of God Almighty. What a wonderful and tremendous responsibility, Father. Thank you for this church. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
0: Where are you going? <laughs> you sure? I'm going to leave this here. For, that's for you. Um, like riding a bicycle for this guy, right? Holy cow, that is incredible. It's hard to do if you haven't preached for a while. It's been almost six months, and um, I was at all three services, and uh, just it's amazing. Thank you. What a blessing. Um, one of the things that I, um, I wanted to point out, I, I got no recognition. I flew up to, uh, to sisters and showed up with a tool belt and knocked on the door and, 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 and K answered and, uh, I took it off and I handed it to K and said, this is from Mickey. And then we went out for coffee because <laughs> my hands are about built the same way as PJ's. I can't, I can't change a light bulb. It's pretty bad. Anyway, all joking aside, um, Pastor Dave is on his way up here as well. Um, Thank you, PJ, so much. You're such a blessing. Back when um, Pastor John retired in August, the elders and the trustees desired to confer the status of Pastor Emeritus to our beloved brother and our partner in ministry. Thankfully, Pastor John accepted. The purpose of the designation of Pastor Emeritus, in short, is as follows. To honor Pastor John for his years of faithful ministry and his distinguished service. Thank you. Second, to keep his name and his legacy forever attached to this church. And third, to keep him updated on how we are doing as a church and to keep uh, the church updated um, on how he and Kay are doing. With that being said, Pastor John, recognizing your pastoral leadership of this congregation since the year 2003, We bestow upon you the honor of being known to us and to others as pastor emeritus of this congregation. In conferring this honor, we join with you in a continued appreciation of uh, the pastoral office and pledge our ongoing concern for your health and for your happiness. We will continue to hold you in our prayers and cherish the contributions you have made to this church. With all of our hearts, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. You have been and forever will be our beloved pastor. Uh, I asked Pastor Dave if he'd be willing to close our time in prayer and to pray over Pastor John and then of course when we are done our prayer team would be available to my left and your right Pastor Dave thank you you join me in prayer
1: Father we um, we need each other to survive just as you have told us in your word and where would we be without Pastor John thank you for the love dear Father that you have for us that you make so visible through this man of God. Each one of us have felt your love through Pastor John, and you have changed our lives. You have changed this church. We thank you, Father. We ask your richest, deepest blessings on John and Kay. Bring him back safely
0: soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.